Looking for your next set of shiny math rocks for your games? Then head on over to FanRollDice.com and use code SPELLBOOKG10 for 10% off your order of dice and other tabletop accessories. That's FanRollDice.com, code SPELLBOOKG10 for 10% off your order. Hello everyone, and welcome to Season 3 of Roll for Distraction. My name is John Price, and I'll be the Game Master for this season. This season will feature a campaign in Lancer. Do you like big robots? Here we are. If you've been with us before, welcome back. This is going to be a little bit different from our last game, but not too different. And I hope you'll stick around and come along with us for this ride. If you're new here, welcome. Thanks for popping in. This is our first game of Lancer, so give us a little bit of a break on some rules questions we may have, but that'll probably be lost in the back end. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to following so you can catch future episodes and our other content. Real quick, before I introduce our players, a short lore primer. How was that? That okay? Yes, that was a nice podcast voice. You may continue. I'm getting better at reading reading (laughs) and talking at the same time. You didn't f*** up! It's amazing when you commit 20% of brain power to something. In the year 2035, humans established their first permanent base on the moon and never looked back. By 2100, there were stations over every gas giant and bases anywhere they could be built in the solar system. In 2105, the first sleeping ship was sent to reach Alpha Centauri. In 2119, the discovery of how to fold space met the end of sleeping ships and allowed for faster-than-light travel. Humanity lived in a golden age for almost a thousand years before the first interplanetary conflict occurred. It was brutal and brought about drastic change for all of human space. During this time, the first Lancer mechs were used. The old Earth nations had long joined into the United Earth government, but individual planets and systems who were settled by them had held on to their specific beliefs and leadership styles. Hundreds of planets and systems with hundreds of billions of people, and many of them disagreed on the best way to to govern. These wars would continue on and off between desperate powers for hundreds of years, all while humanity continually expanded. By 3265, there were thousands of planets and trillions of people, many of which already had life on them when we arrived. But most were simple plants and fungi and monocellular life. Only a handful of creatures would... Fungi. (laughs) I was waiting. Carry on. (laughs) I'm going to leave that in. A handful of creatures we would call animals, and some had biospheres as diverse and complex as old Earth, but never intelligent life. Never even a sign of it. Not until 3283, when the first settlers of star system K-4592 discovered a series of metal slabs with clearly purposeful markings on them on the mood of a gas giant. The ensuing conflict over that planet and its alien artifacts led to the most devastating war ever waged, and a total collapse of interplanetary trade and communication for nearly a century after. In the aftermath, the UEG of old Earth swept across human space, bringing almost all inhabited planets under their sway, which was easy to do in their weakened post-war state. They re-established trade and communication, but they were not direct rulers of all space. Most systems were expected to pay taxes and send a representative to old Earth, but were largely responsible for their own defense from pirates and other rogue groups. This system continued for over a thousand years, and now, in 4351, it doesn't seem like it's going away. The galaxy may no longer be embroiled in all-out war, but it is more dangerous for individual systems than ever. The age of deep space exploration began with the first sleeper ships heading out into dark space with hope and the collective backing of all humankind. It set bright and glorious expectations for our future, 
but those would never last. After a time, conflict between inhabited systems began, and the need for a new class of war machines was born. Thank you! Sorry. But the first Lancers were used on Phobos, and the rest is history. Lancers completely changed how wars could be fought. They allowed a handful of soldiers to do a job that once would have been done by entire armies. This is the story of five of those soldiers. This is a story all about how our life got flipped, turned I upside down. I got a down. big old robot now. Our party celebrates having just successfully beaten their first training simulation together. <laughs> all of you. It was a struggle. Get up from your simulation pods, and here we are. The first to arise is the squad's leader. Please introduce yourself. Oh, is that me? Hi, guys. I? I, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the struggle for funny. power begins. That's funny. Brian and Chark. <laughs> All right, jokes aside. Hello, uh, audience. Hi, my name is Alex. You may know me as the DM of the last game, um, but now I'm not. Uh, but more importantly, I am the video editor, which means I hold all the true power here. Whose voice is going to get really high pitched this time? Oh, no, mine's just going to get really deep and there's going to be like lightning and shit. Um, but anyway, yes, hi, my name's Alex, Al Alex V specifically. There's another Alex. She'll introduce herself in a moment. Hi. Um, uh, my character, my character's name is, his call sign is Hook. His name is Gunnar Valdison. Um, I wrote way too much lore for him, but basically, uh, when around the same time as humanity figured out FTL travel, uh, a bunch of people left the planet naturally. One of those fleets was, uh, called the, the New Norse fleet. They were basically made up of people who were displaced by climate change, uh, in the Nordic countries because all the glaciers melted and it was really bad. Um, so they left the space, they became, uh, nomads, essentially. Most other fleets looked for planets. The New Norse fleet chose to remain permanently nomadic. Um, they remained neutral in, in, in all these wars, but they grew over time as they picked up a bunch of diverse refugees and, and deserters of these wars, and just anyone else who just didn't feel like living on this planet anymore, or any planet for that matter. So Gunnar was born to that fleet, um, and eventually became a pilot of a Blackbeard mech, which uses these advanced grappling hooks, which, besides being good for melee combat, are also good for, like, wrangling small asteroids that they mine and that sort of thing. Um, and he had served for a number of years in the fleet's defense before joining up with our, our crew here, who John will explain in a moment, like, like an emergency response force, just because he wanted to go down to planets with air that you can breathe every now and then. Um, and yeah, so his, his, his call sign is Hook, uh, because it's a triple entendre, because his mech is a Blackbeard class, and it's a pirate name. His mech uses grappling hooks, and he's got robot hands. So his people call him Hook. Um, <laughs> and yeah, there he is. He, that, that's my guy. That's me. It's my guy. Now it's someone else's turn. Alex, you are going to pass the ball off, and everyone's just going to sort of... You'll, like, you're, oh. You're in a thing, pass off to the next person, like a camera pan, and then an introduction. Like... Okay, I'm gonna roll dice because I can't decide. Yeah, four. Uh, Gerard, you go. Ah, uh, fuck you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, playing Zelda. What are you doing? <laughs> On the opposite end of the spectrum, I wrote no lore for this character. Correct. <laughs> and you gave her planet a joke name. <laughs> yes. Carry on though. All right. Oh, God, Hello, I'm Gerard. You would know me from every single video that's on this channel. So, uh. Um, my character's name is Jax Steel. He is from the planet Zapzorp, 
and he Say became how you spell a pilot. J A X. For the audio listeners. And Steel has an E at the end, so make sure you spell that right. Honestly, um, Zap Zop sounds like something out of Guardians of the Galaxy. Zap Zorp, okay. Zap Zorp. Get Sorry. it right. Zap Zorp Alpha, God. if you want to be specific. True. So he's from Zapzorp. He joined the military at the earliest possible point he could, and he became a hotshot rookie pilot who was known for reckless strategies and whatnot. Okay, right Top up Gun. His face. My robot's name is Radiant Justice. It is a Tortuga class mech, and it only speaks one language, and that is shotgun. <laughs> I learned that from Reddit. <laughs> and now we're together and we're doing stuff panning the camera off me now Brian it's your turn yay alright <laughs> oh my call signs my call signs Viper by the way I picked it because ChatGPT told me it was cool <laughs> okay moving on now Brian who me? yes, yes. Now? please now when? Oh, okay. Now. <laughs> oh god, okay. When uh, hurry up. Yes. I oh, uh all right. So Mike I'm my character is an advanced AI. Uh and my name is multipurpose artificial companion consciousness, aka Mac. Because that's just who I am in every <laughs> campaign. Um, Help <laughs> I was created around the year uh twenty one fifteen, and I was created as part of the third and final sleeping ship that was sent out into deep space to assist the humans aboard acclimate to the new destination. However, the ship never arrived. Um, as of the start of this game, I was discovered a few months prior in a frozen comet that we smashed into, and I was downloaded into a humanoid form. So I've been spending the last few months uh, getting time to my new humanoid body, in which I took some time learning motor skills and you know several things like that. Um, however, once I mastered parkour, I began testing my skills at mastering a mech, which proved to be more difficult as mastering my own personal motor skills. Um, and then I met these people, and I guess that's a good enough backstory for me. Uh, my, robot. my mech name is Big Mac, because, you know, it makes sense. <laughs> Don't sue us, McDonald's. <laughs> okay. <laughs> original name, please do not sue. But yes. tell us what tell us <laughs> what Big kind of mech is. <laughs> um, but, uh, my uh, and I am my mech is a Napoleon, <laughs> which is the smallest one. <laughs> <laughs> so it is the smallest. <laughs> <one>. <laughs> uh, yeah, basically. So basically, my mech. Are we describing our mechs? Yeah. A little. Yeah. Okay. So basically, my mech uh, is kind of like a a small shield for the rest of the party. Is what I act as. Um, I have some turret drones that I like to use, but. A lot of my things come as shields, and I also have two guns, so you'll be seeing me use some of these things along the back, way. You are the only person on the team who has not seen actual combat. Hey, oh. Well, I've True. yeah, I've seen simulated. You combat. did not wow, what a scroll. Just like the simulations. Mac yeah. also isn't a person, so he's a person. Hey, he's not wow. a human. Robots are people too, except sentient, for the robots we drive. Sentient robots. That's why they uprise are against us, Colin. Yeah. That, that kind of attitude is going to get us in a Terminator situation. All right, Brian, pick a new person to go now. All right, I choose Colin. All right, oh, and you guys have done use... it. You managed to put the girl last. Yay! Good job. <laughs> I just rolled dice. You can't put it on me. 
Well, Colin spoke last, Thanks, I think. Thanks, guys. So Sorry. <laughs> what? No, you know no, no. We're saving best the best for last. for last. See, there you go. I'm Colin. Uh, I'll be playing Dallas Tex Walker. Uh, he's the fourth born son of one of the richest families in the Republic um, that basically founded and now controls slash employs the planet of New Texas, a major galactic agricultural hub, which provides the only source of Mythotaurus meat, a breed of massive 20 foot tall cows. Uh, his Shit. family is one of the founding colonists after leaving Earth and moving to New Texas to further his family's fortune by creating a farming empire that supplies much of the agriculture for their sector as well as other parts of the galaxy. Dallas, being the fourth-born son, had no expectations of really having to take any charge in the family company or the politics back on New Earth, and so he spent much of his childhood in his mech. Uh, it is a Barbarossa mech call sign ranger um, that he utilized on his family's land to stop cattle rustlers and also just protect the various herds that his family looked over. Eventually, he got bored of the whole watching over the cows, fighting the occasional cattle rustler, and decided that he would set off on his own with some of his, with some support drones and become a merc and signed up with the Dust Guard, bringing him a team, of, bringing with him a team of six sentient AIs and basic robots to support combat. Uh, so my mech is a Barbarossa class mech. It is a big fucking gun. Um, it is the biggest mech that our uh, group has. It's also the slowest mech. It's the biggest mech in the game. It's the biggest it, mech. That was it is very, He's a big old boy. Slow. Remember, everything is bigger in Texas. Everything is biggest in New Texas. <laughs> yes. Dallas's best friend in the world is his pet beaver named Bucky. I don't remember that, but okay. I'm okay with it. I, I, don't, I don't recall reading that, but uh, carry on. <laughs> a beaver. My wayward son. And last but not least, Alex, over to you. Hello. Best um, for last. Thanks. Uh, so my character's name is Lillian Ripley. She goes by Newt. Y'all will probably recognize some elements to this story. Um, I have no idea she, what you're talking about. <laughs> she is a scientist by trade. She actually has a lot of burn scars on her hands from a lot of failed experiments that kind of exploded and caught on fire. Um, she originally was from a planet called Aldrin C7, and it's the rocky moon, and most of the people actually live underground. And she wanted to be up and out of the ground and into the sky, so that's why she learned to pilot her mech. Um, it is a black witch mech named the Xeno. And once she learned how to pilot that mech, she was part of a scout crew um, for the Zeta 246 system. And that was owned by the Raymond Marconi Corporation. Uh, and it was going real good for a while. Uh, we had a small colony of people, a couple hundred of them. It was going great. And then an alien parasite attacked. And I was the only survivor because my mech had the awesome environmental seals. It was very traumatic, but we made it. And I am now part of this company. 
or this crew rather. And I will say, I want to shout out uh, the other Alex for helping write my backstory when I just gave bullet points because I suck at actually writing the backstories. Me, I'm a good writer. Yes, you are. And I appreciate you. Thank you. Yes. He does it for published, a living. technically. Yes, he is. Twice. Te- me, I'm technically twice published writer if you like D&D. Link's probably somewhere in the description. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah. No copyright infringement intended. Or so done. Gordy Weaver's gonna fuck none, kill none us now. None done, really. Yeah, none done. Parody protects <laughs> yeah. everything. It's great. Yeah, parody law. Anyway, we all get out of our little little sleepy cryopods and stretch. And then what happens, John? The ship uh, cat comes and wakes us up and says hello. Jonesy. Just as no. the last of you Bonesy. exits your Bonesy. pod, <laughs> over the ship's calm, you hear Commander Redrick calling for an all hands meeting in the mess hall. Do robot hands have to come? All hands on deck. Didn't say all humans. Is that, is it, it said it? all hands. Everyone. Okay. I was referring to my my robot hands. I'm I, aware. I don't have Everyone hands anyway. Everyone thought <laughs> go to the mess hall. <laughs> Come on, squad. Yep. So you guys have a little, you know, conversation as you're going. Come on. It be it be a team. Wonderful weather we're having, huh? Jax, we're in space. The weather is exactly as forecasted. Why don't you guys give? physical descriptions of yourself so that we know what you look like. Oh, uh, physical descriptions? Yeah, uh, I'm other than my robot hands, I'm a relatively normal looking human dude. Um, uh, Tall-ish tall-ish and lanky because I grew up on a spaceship with less gravity. Didn't I make myself absurdly tall? You did. Yeah, it's in the dock. (laughs) You're 7'3". That's right, I said he's 7 feet tall with red eyes. Wait, you're you're seven three, but only two hundred and twenty five. That's pounds. what I said. This man's yeah. a twig. He's, That's he's real skinny. skinny. We're equally skinny brothers. And then Mac over there is just a uh, he's three CPO. No, no, no three I'm CPO. CPO. No, I'm uh, Iron Man from nineteen seventy eight. Very good. <laughs> oh, I you're... love it. That's what you up with. <laughs> okay, smooth Iron Man. Really, like you can see his muscles through the. Yeah, he's got <laughs> muscle Iron Man. I already kind of gave my like a little bit a description of mine. I'm, I'm short. I'm five five, and I got my my burn you're, stars. Cause you're Sigourney Weaver. I'm Sigourney Weaver. This team walking down the hallway looks wild. Yes. What do you mean? What's so wild about a six foot three dude with what's a so wild about a space ca- What's so wild about a space cowboy? A Viking with robot hands, a fucking giant, a robot, and a normal looking woman. Actually, no, Alex, you have gills. You asked for gills. Wait, what? Me? Yes. What gills? the fuck? Like it was in the Google Docs. Where? You're a fish person. I don't. It was at one it point. It was. Anyway. It's not there it's now. It's not there now. <laughs> but at Our one fish... point, that when we were originally making characters, you asked for gills, and I was like, "Yeah, sure, that sounds cool." You know, that oh. would make sense since your character's name is Newt. Newt. Okay, cool. She's got Newt, gills Newt, now. Newt. They turned me to Newt. I got better. better. Well, better. There you go. All right. I'm like, I, I don't hallucinate that, right? Like, Jax has very long hair as well. You arrive in the mess hall, along with the other human and sentient robot crew. I've just received word of our new mission. We're to investigate the planet Seraphia. Uh, apparently contact- oh, That's how you pronounce it. What? Seraphia. What? <laughs> we pronounce it how I want to pronounce it, because I made it up. Hey, yo. Yes, Captain. <laughs> First off, I go by Chef. 
Second. Yes, chef. Hello there, children. Yes, chef. A rather newly settled colony. Contact was lost a month ago after a science team was sent to investigate. It would be a rather normal mission, except for one thing. I'm sure you're all familiar with the slaps. The only evidence we have of any other civilization of intelligent life in the galaxy. I don't know why, but I thought you were going to say you're all familiar with pants, right? <laughs> what? I don't what? know. I don't know why. Go back to sleep, Ryan. Anyway. <laughs> Go to bed. You're drunk. Go home. In the side of a mountain on this planet was a large gate in the style of the slaps, indicating perhaps a structure more than we've ever found before. So a science team was dispatched to investigate, and shortly after they arrived and set up, contact was lost. Were to go there, retrieve the science team, make sure the colony is okay, and report back to Earth directly. Hmm. This is coming straight from the top. It's going to be a huge deal for us. It will very, very fundamentally change the level of operations we have access to. Do we have any intel from the the other planet where they found these? Anything that we can learn from that contact? Or is it all classified? Uh, what do you mean? Like, I don't know. Did, 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 you've seen movies, Captain. Did, 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 did the <laughs> monoliths drive them mad or anything? I don't know. No, the... Okay, what you guys would know space? this. The slabs have been found on dozens of other planets. No. They're not like a, an isolated incident. They've been found in a lot of places on one edge of human space. No one's been asking us for to return them, right? Return the slabs. I, I know, but <laughs> we can only make the same joke so many times. Um, we lies. We can, do we can it make a lot it of times. Every time. Okay. Well, Zenef. <laughs> call back to season one, folks. <laughs> At any rate, you all know that the slabs are not a common occurrence, but there have been dozens of them found. Right, they're not, it's a known effect, okay. And is there all, writing on the slabs? There are. The writing has not been translated as we don't really have a key to translate it. Right. It's just... We haven't found a Rosetta slab. How big is the slab? Is it just like a, a Moses slabs, tablet, or is it like no, no, no. a they are, monolith? They are all two meters by four meters by one meter. Are you sure I wouldn't recognize the language with my, uh... You would have less of an understanding of the language. You disappeared before any were ever found. Oh, that's true. It's an alien language, not an old Earth language. Yeah. On this planet, in the side of a mountain, there was what appeared to be a door. It could have just been a slab in the side of a mountain, but the scientists believe it to be a door. It cool. is 10 meters wide, 10 meters high. That's much bigger. Um, Big enough to get a mech through. Wow, how convenient. Uh, Texel uh, raises his hand and he'll just be like, Hey, Cap, do we know... Do your best accent. Did, did those... Uh, hey, Cap. Did those their eggheads go and open the door already before we lost contact? Or were they preparing to open the door? We are unaware of the expedition's depth of probing on the matter. What's the planet like? The planet would be described as a paradise world. It is very lively. Uh, atmosphere is almost identical to old Earth before the updates. Great biodiversity, cold north and southern pole, equatorial zone is tropical. There are deserts, mountains, saltwater oh, wow. seas. 
It's one of the better planets found. That's why everyone was so proud to have a colony there. This was the first colony of many. There were... Uh, let me check the documents. And he's on a tablet. Uh, 25,000 colonists in the first wave. So it was like right before uh. Trump was president, right? Like, can, we don't can we speak not, of that, man. Can we not? I mean, if you want to go wow. back to Industrial Revolution, really, I'd, it would be... I didn't know we were getting political on this podcast. <laughs> really? You know, we can put it all on those damn beavers. <laughs> yeah. Bucky. Get Bucky out of here. Get Bucky's ancestors Ruined fucked it. up Earth. <laughs> as soon as they started building dams. We all glance angrily at Bucky. Y'all best watch what you say to uh, Bucky here. No cursing here. Can't say damn. We've definitely said worse words already. Yeah. <laughs> Carry on. My wayward son. Uh, are there hostile creatures on the planet? Uh, yes. Well, oh, like, Jesus Christ. Like? Dinosaurs? Apex predators on a planet. I, I don't have what? the details Kaiju. of its life. No, not kaiju. Fucking... Probably, probably kaiju. nothing kaiju-sized. Is gonna fucking fight Godzilla? Um, <laughs> look, on old Earth, an elephant would have been a very dangerous animal. Bears, lions, normal things like that. I would like oh to fight an elephant with my back. <laughs> I I don't know the taxonomy of of all of the animals on this planet. I sure, know. but there there some of them are mean. Is the point? I assume so. It's a it's a teeming. It's very biodiverse. There's going to be aggressive predators. That's. So we got ourselves a seesaw operation. What are our rules of engagement? We'll go over rules of engagement. When we're about 24 hours You may out. kiss the bride. That's the rules of engagement. Uh, everyone dismiss. Do any prep work you need. If you feel like hopping into cryo, you are welcome to. But it's only a two-week journey. I will spend two weeks sharpening my axes. They'll be very sharp when we get there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut the air particles as you walk Alex by. Alex has sharpened his... Each saw... <laughs> <laughs> Brian. Each t- what? <laughs> I want me to, like, cut an atom? <laughs> yeah. We all explode. <laughs> I'm going to have another shorter meeting with squad leaders, and then... That's me, I'm one of those. We will reconvene in 13 days. Okie dokie. Rest, repair all your equipment, make sure everything is ready to go. But I'm ready to go now. Uh, and everyone else is dismissed except for the squad leaders. Uh, Commander Redrick is the overall leader of the entire force. Is he commander or captain? We've been calling him captain all the time. I've been calling him commander. You've been calling him. Yes, but me. we've been calling him captain. Okay, I've said commander. I've never said captain. The captain of your ship, Difficult Times, uh, is an AI nicknamed Glow. Cool. Does it glow? No. Is it captain or is it a helmsman? It it's a captain. It is the ship. Okay. It's Edie from Mass Effect. Part of the ship. Yeah, you know, that's probably it, it is actually. in charge of almost everything on the ship. There are some humans that help with the ship, but it is for the most part handled by drones and the sentient AI. The leader of the fighter pilot squadron, you're one of the two Lancer squads. There is Vanguard squad led by Commander Redrick and Hunter squad led by you. We didn't get My to name our squad? You didn't, no. This is bullshit. Led by Sergeant yeah, Gunner. Yeah, Hook. Can, I, can I be a lieutenant commander? No, you're a sergeant. Mr. Oh, Dr. Okay. Professor? You're in charge of a squad. You're not his second in command. Okay, fine. Okay, everyone. Uh, I know that we went over this as a group, but I need everyone. I need you all to be in tip-top shape. This is coming straight from the Expansion Council. 
we need this sorted with as little problems as possible. Are we expecting problems? We should always be expecting problems. They don't call people like us when everything's going well. Uh, I'll see you any more information I can get out, and I'll give a updated meetings as I get it. I have a feeling that there's something they're not telling us. I'll pull a few strings with any contacts I have to try and cut at it. Yeah, I mean, if it is a first contact scenario, I imagine people are going to be pretty tight-lipped about it. Yes, I would imagine so. All right. Dismissed. Is there a gym on this ship? Several. I'm going to go to one. You say it'd be in tip-top shape, so. Yep, I'm going to one. Yeah, so so we'll go over what everyone is doing. We'll start with you, Alex. You're going to the gym? Yes. Okay. I'm. Uh, Alex, you? I I mean, my mech is an old rust bucket, so I probably just do maintenance. Okay. Anybody want to come play basketball with me? I play basketball with Newt. I'm bad at, I'm bad at sports because I grew up in a low-gravity environment. Uh, I'm going to download some programs on languages that I have yet to download. Okay. Uh, Mac is going to learn every language he doesn't know. He's going to become fluent in six million forms of communication. I mean, here's the thing. There's probably only 300 or so languages at this point, because... It's a C-3PO joke. I know, but... Okay. (laughs) I would probably... uh, Go talk to... Alex, what's your character's name? Hook. Okay, I'd probably go talk to Hook, see if he's got any more intel from the... uh, Okay, Captain go ahead and ask. Hey, Hook, you got any yeah. more info for us, or is that all we get? That's about it. He just sort of reaffirmed that it's extra serious. Doesn't really have anything else to share. Copy. You want me to uh, see if I can do some digging, ask around back home? Um. I am technically a noble, so I would have those contacts. You know, it sounds like it's a danger- dangerous mission. Doesn't ever hurt to... Call mom and dad. Copy. I'll I'll see what I can rustle up. Okay, so that is going to be part of uh, Texas next week. Is after about three days, you receive a call back that yes, they can confirm there was something strange happened with the science team. They can't get what, but they know something happened, and the entire upper echelons of the government is is in a fuss about it. They did something beyond what you've been told. Okay. Probably opened the big old door. Um, I guess I will do maintenance tests on my mech to make sure it's working properly so that it doesn't fall apart on me. And I f- then I find the gamer lounge and chill. Is there a gamer lounge? There better be. Yep, there is... A library of video games, everything going back from about... A media library would include gaming, yeah. Everything that has been saved, it's it's still very hard to do Nintendo emulators, but they... (laughs) They're still coming after (laughs) the emulators. Nintendo has released its 400th console last year, and... uh, The Nintendo Switcheroo. I walk yeah. over to the Gatlinga <laughs> machine Switch from 2,000 years ago. <laughs> the Nintendo Switch I, 2. <laughs> the, the Nintendo Switch 1, but like spelled out. Go go play Final Fantasy 1000. They pulled an Xbox. 
They pulled an Xbox with their naming. No, I go over to the Galaga machine from 1981 for 2,000 years ago at this point. I roll, I roll to get the highest score. I mean, you grew up on like a gambling planet, so you might have a better handling of. I got it. You could, you could, if you have show off as a skill, maybe. Wait, yeah. hold on. I might. Hold on. Show off plus two. That's a ten. You, uh, you make it to the top ten, but you do not get the high score. Shit. All right. At the end of that first week, another all-hands meeting is called. I've been able to gather some more information on the situation. There were log updates sent out before communication was lost by the science team. They got information about wood? Sorry. I was, I was, I was like, don't say it, Gerard. Don't make a wood joke. Don't worry, Bucky will just chew right through it. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Oh, I'll get that arm. Audio log date, May 9th, 4351. We've arrived at Seraphia slightly ahead of schedule. They should be on site Alpha within 12 standard hours to begin our exp- examination of the structure. This could be the greatest discovery since the first slabs, and I am so honored and nervous to be a part of it. Good for you. Dr. Clara Solarborn, audio locks. Audio log date, May 10th, 4351. Okay, team's camp is set up and one of the AI is running a deep scan of the structure while our living scientists ascend, uh, attempt aid and rest, myself included, once I finish this recording. The structure is much larger than any of the slabs we've ever seen, but it's the same level of detail. I'm curious to see what the scan shows us. It's alien Wikipedia, it's really long. <laughs> Clara Solarborn audio logs. They printed out Wikipedia. Audio log date, May 16th. Our initial scan indicated that it's just the entrance to a massive subterranean complex. We've managed to access a terminal and are planning to open the door tomorrow morning and get humanity's first glimpse at the technology of the only other sentient species we have evidence of. That is the last audio log. Hmm. Before communication went down. So yeah, they opened it up and then something went wrong. I've also managed to extract, why couldn't I say that word? I was like, excrete isn't the right word. Extract (laughs) out out of a representative who owes me something. They sent a military scouts team already, and they lost contact with them as well. How big? A dozen personnel. A Corvette ship. Stealth craft. Hmm. Landed on the planet, and they lost contact. So... We're stepping into something more dangerous than a recovery and and reestablish communication mission. Got it. I will bring two axes. We're going to be going down. Weapons hot. Best case, we freak out the locals and and explain Apologize. ourselves. <laughs> Everyone, be ready. This is going to be a full combat operation. Roger, Roger. Yes, Chef. Roger, Roger, Roger. And the next week passes with all of you continuing on your standard operations. At the one day before arrival mark, a final briefing is given. There are no more updates. Get some rest. In 12 hours, I want everyone ready to drop in. Let's go! That would be 12 hours before you get there, but that's fine. So, just you're gonna be ready to go. Um, I'll nap in my mech. It reminds me of home. (laughs) The 12 hours pass... And the ship is abuzz with activity. All hangars are being prepped. All drone fighters are being readied. All six of the actual fighter pilots are 
running their final system checks, you are all to get get to your drop pods and be ready to deploy immediately. Oh, it's a pod. I don't just get to do like a cool superhero landing. Not from space, no. Oh. <laughs> Imagine. Uh, over your comms. All right, team. Last briefing before we enter the atmosphere. Vanguard Squad will be deploying to Scientist's Site Alpha. Hunter Squad will be deploying to the outskirts of the spaceport and settlement. Hunter Squad is going to make contact with the settlers and reestablish communications with the Republic at large. Vanguard Squad is going to try and ascertain the scientists' location and evacuate them. We have orders that they can abandon all equipment and the personnel are what needs to be saved. Everything else will be torched. Let's do it. Let's go. We're operating under the assumption that the doors have not been opened, but once we're in orbit, we'll see what happens. Commander out. Yes, Chef. Uh, And you hear a couple of chuckles over the comm. So so we're all in our... uh, You are all in your mechs. mechs You are in a matter of hours going to be on the... You're going to be on the surface of the planet. Captain. Yay. Roger, dodger. We exit hyperspace. You, yes, you exit FTL, and as you it's arrive... It's called slippery space. Nope, it's not. It's just called FTL, because no one owns... Like the, uh, no one trademarked that. You exit over the planet, and there you yeah, get your first space, glimpse <laughs> of a beautiful, scenic world. Beautiful? What color, what color is it? These skies are a lovely shade Pale of... Pale blue a lo- Nope. A lovely shade of pink, <gasps> swirling white clouds, red sand coasts along several of the oceans. The oceans are a sort of teal color. There are mountains, there are forests, there are great plains, rolling hills, and you see a tiny, slightly lit speck that is the settlement, and approximately 200 miles away at the foot of a mountain, a mountain that stands maybe eight kilometers tall, going... It's a big boy. It's a very fresh mountain range. It's extremely high. That's, um... It's it's sharp. Like, it's very inclined. um, You believe that to be the site of the scientists' camp. All right, team. Prepare to drop in. And you all hear the regular hisses and mechanical churning as... Your pods swing free of the ship and begin to plot a course towards the planet. Uh, the the moment um, my my mech starts dropping, I'll just key the mic uh, open and just go. Here yeehaw! comes the boom. <laughs> uh, I thought you were just gonna yeehaw on your way down. <laughs> I'll do that too. But the fighter escorts are going to stay with the ship. Or three of them are going to stay with the ship, three of them are going to enter the atmosphere with you. And over the comms, you hear Captain Glow say, Difficult times pulling off to safe distance. Godspeed, difficult times. Goodbye! You too, Sergeant. I'll, uh, I'll swap back over to the uh, fire team channel and just be like, I still can't get over the fact that our ship's name is Difficult Times. It's really confusing when glows like difficult times moving out to safe distance like is glow struggling or <laughs> would you like to know why the ship is named difficult times 
Yeah. We'll get the lore dump later. <laughs> um, it's going to take a few minutes to enter through atmosphere. Vanguard squad deployed ahead of you and is moving at a different angle, so they're going a little quicker. They're going to touch down before you. They, they went for the mountain. We're going for the settlement. Yeah, so you're sort yeah. of shifting off. They're going straight down, I guess would be how that is. So you're traveling a greater distance. See y'all on the other side. One of the pilots scouting ahead. Uh, I'm getting airborne targets on my scope. Um, moving to investigate. Be careful. What the hell? And then oh. they're static. Ah, uh, shit. As great. one pilot has... Did one you of the, just say to be careful? One of the indicators that you have showing all of your crew and members goes red. Well, shit. All right, everybody, brace for a rough landing. Ball. Red's Green good, two. right? Green two. Green two is down. Uh, pilots return to upper atmosphere. Get back to DT. We're dropping in without air cover. Yeah, we can't turn around these in these drop pods, huh? No, you cannot. <laughs> they're called they're called drop pods, not lift pods. They're not called up, they're, they're called drop pods, not up pods. <laughs> how do I how do I set how do I set it to W for Wumbo? <laughs> yes, I will turn this D to U for up. All right, Brian. <laughs> Vanguard squad is going to land maybe a minute ahead of you, touching down at the site in thirty seconds. I'm taking fire from the garage. Shit. As Shit. one of their pods is blown out of the sky. And they all suck. What, what time of day? Anti air defense. Dusk. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, never mind. Oh, 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 okay. Did he get taken out? Did, did the AA guns get him too? Yeah. yeah. Vanguard squad, divert. Divert now. And they all rapidly change course. I'm taking fire too. Uh, Shit. Fire stop. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say to, to our, our end, say, uh, Hunter Squadron, be ready to do evasive maneuvers. Uh, you are not getting any kind of flack or indicators that something's trying to stop you from the settlement. And Vanguard Squad has now touched down. Or, On uh, the ground! Weapons ready! Weapons ready! Two of them now. Uh, four, four Vanguard Squads are up. They lost one fighter pilot and one drop pod were taken out. Anyone have contacts? On radar. Clear. Clear. Contact south. Moving towards contact. What do you see? <laughs> what do you I don't see? know. What the hell is... Well, shit. You guys gotta stop saying what the hell is it. Calms it down. We've lost contact. Is he still there? Nope. Co- ah, damn it. We cross atmosphere. As we can't hear them anymore. Get Go through the last on. layer of lower atmosphere. Long range comms to out. You are still able to communicate with each other, but anything greater than a few miles is down. Sure. Well, and you pick up a ping from the settlement. It is a warning. Do not land. Leave now. That's well, really great. As well like as a last shit. sent message from the scientist. All spoken in a panicked and injured voice. Opening the doors the soon was a mistake. We were attacked by something from the inside of the structure and had to scatter the surrounding wilderness. Most of the military support was killed in the attack. Desperate need of evacuation. Shit calms them down. And that is where the last message from the scientists end that you just received as you crossed the last layer of the atmosphere. And you notice that the spaceport's lights are all out. But the settlement still has some. Settlement has power, spaceport has no power. Right, but they're like next to each other, right? Yeah, they're a couple miles apart. They're short. So we've officially like hit ground? You are hitting ground right now. I, I kick the door out, walk out with two axes, look around. 
You are all deployed in a patch of woods. Uh, all of your pods slam down. A cloud of dust is kicked up as the doors eject, and you are all able to walk out onto this alien world for the first time. Fuck, that hurt. Them's is trees. Whoa. Uh, I'm not used to that. Pass my nature check. As soon as uh, Ranger gets clear of the drop pod, uh, I'll just calm up the mic and be like, so, limited comms. Our backup is under heavy fire. We got no air support, and it's about to be dark. How much more fucked can this mission get? It starts raining. Uh, <laughs> Hook will just be like, well, we didn't crash. For a second, I really thought you were going to say how much wood could a woodchuck chuck, and the beaver would just be sitting there. We managed not to land on that rock. Yes. How much wood could a woodchuck name chuck chuck if a woodchuck name chuck could chuck wood? Well, if a woodchuck name chuck could chuck wood, that woodchuck name chuck would chuck as much wood as a woodchuck name chuck could if a woodchuck name chuck could chuck wood. Thank you. Thank you, Knight. Guys, I think Mac is I think Mac is cascading. I think it's a new language I learned. It's called woodchuck. We need to turn him off and turn him back on again. Anyway, John, do we see anything with our eyeballs? <laughs> no, you do not see anything. Uh, maybe two miles east is the edge of the spaceport. You landed a little farther than you originally intended, but you took some evasive maneuvers as you were going. And on the far side of the spaceport, which is another two miles, is the comms array, and then another couple miles is the settlement. Okay. Um, hey, uh, Ranger, do, not Ranger, Ranger, you're back. Uh, Tex, <laughs> do me a favor. Uh, throw out your little drone. Can do. Send it ahead of us, see if we can I'll, see uh, I'll deploy my personal drone up. Uh, and it rapidly ascends. How high do you want it to go? Uh, I think it has to stay within my sensor range to relay back to me. So it, it, all it says is small non-combat drones are a common sight in the field. They're fairly noisy, but can fly about half a mile with good maneuver maneuverability before losing signal. So half a mile. Okay. Relaying audio and visual information as they go. Yeah. It's basically just a modern copter drone that has a half mile range. Do you want it to go a full half mile up? How high do you want this thing to go? What are you looking for? Um, I, mean, I would say I, like diagonal. I would probably put it quarter mile up, quarter mile out towards the town and just kind of have it maintain a uh, circle around us. Okay, so you so have it flying a sort of patrol pattern around you at a quarter mile so A big up. loop, yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, you're getting a lot of it switches to thermal and you are getting a lot of hits for wildlife but you can't really make out anything that would be hostile from that altitude like you're not sure if something's an animal or a hostile alien by by wildlife hits um, are any of the wildlife hits like very large wildlife like something the largest thing you're getting is maybe a handful of creatures that are three meters tall but they appear to be standing very stationary in scattered areas Uh, and then there's a herd of hundreds of something that is about a meter or two high of something oh good those are pretty big not not compared to his mech but three meters is like my mech like uh the ones that are that tall aren't moving they seem to be standing in like patches of brush and rock like they're just waiting okay well if we if we leave them be 
Yeah, I'll so uh, way. I'll I'll bounce the signal um, from Ranger out to uh, everyone else's mech, so a little display will kind of pop up in their yeah bottom right of their HUD. Picture in picture. You have a pretty good idea of what's going on around you. Uh, um, okay, well, if we're not immediately accosted by anything, should we progress? Make a marching order? Does Mac want to be in front or back? I want to be... Because he needs to be like within a radius of us to catch projectiles for All us. Alright, so you're yeah. there, Mac is in the center, because he's also the slightly larger than a man. Um, <laughs> Mac's just riding on my forehead. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um... So, we've got Big Gun Boy, three mid-sized mechs, and uh, Goliath over here. Um, Moving in formation towards the spaceport. Uh, You're all moving east towards the spaceport. And then... As you approach the edge, your drone notices a humanoid shape standing about four meters tall, and... Uh. Se- a That's large concerning. group of other smaller shapes around it. Is it organic? Moving or towards you. Its heat signature is not uniform. It looks like its heat signature is towards the back and center. And on the smaller ones, it's similar, but maybe a little more dispersed because it's harder to hide. So they are Got mechs. It. So, their, yeah, it so, sounds mechanized. So they, they would be telltale mechs. Yes. They're humanoid in shape, but you can't quite make out details of this range with your camera. But you are all aware of it. They're maybe two miles behind you, moving in. Behind us? Yes. South, oh, and, south, and, okay. south and west. Ah. But they're moving so, fast. They uh, will. Should we, should we prepare to ambush? Incoming flankers. Uh, they'll, flankers? They'll Sorry. be on you at the rate they're moving in maybe five minutes. Ah, fuck. Colin can't move that fast. All right, well, uh... Tex is going to be bait. I'm going to hide in the trees. <laughs> I want to be behind this rock. Okay, so, then get behind that rock. I'd be behind the rock. They are coming from over here. At the Where's bottom here? the bottom left-hand corner of the map. I will be behind the rock like this. I'm moving into the trees. Yeah, well, if they're coming from way down there, I'll, I'll come from all the way down here, then I guess. Now, now that they've been detected, um, I'm pulling my drone off of the... Um, off of the programmed flight pattern oh, to... Yeah, over, overhead flight pattern to... Ryan, where are you going? <laughs> di- directly <laughs> Brian, above Brian, eye in the sky. Brian's running away. Okay, <laughs> so your drone is now hovering a quarter mile above you, just sort of keeping an eye. Yeah, it still has visual on them. They are moving. Mac, is that where you want to be? Y- yes. Okay, is everyone positioned where they would like to be? Yes. You said that well, like... Uh, you know what? Die there Mac's going to be all the way over there, then so am I. <laughs> okay. Okay. So if everyone is waiting... Uh, I'm going to start putting enemies on the board as they would come into view. Um, I would have started charging the apocalypse rail. Can you just hold the charge? Like, if you max it out, you can just wait? Okay, yeah, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, it lasts for, quote-unquote, the whole scene. So that would be this entire combat encounter. Alright, your eye in the sky indicates that they are starting to spread out. The smaller groups are forming pairs. I love pairs. I know you do, Brian. Oh, so good. There are six smaller groups. These are groups of human... Each of those indicates a group of humanoid-sized creatures. 
Okay, so I'll, A through F, these are like little squads. Of yeah, those are teams that you would consider like okay. infantry squads. You don't know what yeah, they are whether yet. They're robots but, or people. They're yeah, they're foot soldier sized. And then there is one larger thing coming this way. I'm going to have everything sort of move to a position. You still have thermal signatures, so that's the only reason you can see them here. You all know where they are. They don't know that you know that. That's a bold movement for someone with a grappling hook range. Well, they don't know that you're there. <laughs> Talk a lot of shit for somebody in grapple hook range. I, I also would have deployed my siege stabilizers. Okay, that's fine. And this one is going to come around this way. And as they come the around, action, yeah. you all get your first visual on these. That is... That looks like a, a standard military-styled mech that the... Like an Everest mech that the army would have that the republic would have sent with a science team except it's got a very different sort of diamond shaped armor to it like something like a like a sort of plastoid stone armor has been grown over it oh it's like corrupted yeah with like some sort of stank no, it's, it doesn't have any, like, weird aura or stuff like that. It's just that the pattern on it, <laughs> it's... Oh, Colin just constantly measuring. It's... It's like, ooh, I'm gonna get you. <laughs> Let me and Brian handle the ones on this side. I'm gonna handle... Alex and I are gonna handle the ones on this side. It is a standard pattern mech that has been taken over by something else and is clearly indicated as such. Nanomachine sound. Like college ball, you know. I'll, I'll key the mic right as, a. Uh... They, they start coming in into firing range. I'll be like, "Hook, am I clear? Gun hot, guns hot?" It's a great question. Uh, no. I'll just say, you know, unfortunately, I think so. And that is where we're going to end this session. What? No. Whoa. We will teased. pick up our first combat in Lancer next time. You but I want us. to kill things. <laughs> <laughs> Colin pulling out the blast token measure. All right. Uh, and I'm just going to be able to leave the map like this. So that'll be here for next yeah, week. Nobody move. Yeah. Okay. Nobody move. So everybody, how are we feeling? How are we feeling after our first session? That was fun. Feeling like I want to hit something. Okay. Max. Man, <laughs> having, having this you're, personal you're playing drone, the character well. having this <laughs> personal drone is great because it gives me plenty of time to set up for charge up your big fucking slow ass gun yeah your gun that takes four turns to charge well thanks for listening everybody yes thank you all for listening oh you're still here yes thanks for getting us to see three wow uh yeah if it's your first time here uh like comment subscribe etc you guys know how youtube works um you give us five stars in the podcast app that whole thing um Follow us on social. Links are in the description. Check out our other stuff. We do Let's Plays, uh, two Live episodes streams. every week. We're playing Tears of the Kingdom and Elden Ring at the moment. Might be other stuff sprinkled in there, the occasional stream. So, yeah, just make sure you follow it so you catch all that stuff. And these episodes of this show are every two weeks. Always on Friday. They go up at 10 a.m. Same time on YouTube and podcast. Same Sometimes there's a little time. delay on the podcast, but that's, same that's just how it be. But Thanks, uh, yeah, next time we'll we'll blow sh- we'll blow shit up with our robots instead of just talking about them. Leave all your angry comments towards John for well, blue balling you. You gotta keep him. Co- gotta keep him coming back for more, guys. Can't uh, you? Gotta have a little good cliffhanger sometimes. Yes, Chef. All right. 
That's what the grappling <laughs> hooks are for, so I don't fall off the cliff. Uh, ooh, and our fun fact for Difficult Times that I mentioned before, uh, the ship is called Difficult Times because Difficult Times create great people. Hey! I like it. Then why the hell are we on the ship, John? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you're not great yet. <laughs> it's gotta create uh. us. Anyway, thanks for watching. See you in two weeks. Bye-bye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Roll for Distraction is produced and edited by Alexander Vigna. The show features Alexander Vigna, Alexandria Holbrook, Gerard Lambrugo, Colin Keating, Brian Graff, and John Price as the cast. This episode features Fat Brass Intro by Horst Toffman, Pick a Side and Whatever It Takes by Fat Sounds, and Project Luna and Opening Battle by Tim Kulig, used under the filmmusic.io standard CC license. This episode also features Interstellar Space by John Bartman from the Free Music Archive, used under the Creative Commons license. The Seraphia Suite is an original piece by Brian Graff. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you again in the next episode.